Explore Pragmatic Institute's training to help your organization become data-driven. Our courses provide teams with the hands-on practice and skills they need to leverage data for business success. Visit pragmaticinstitute.com slash data today. Welcome everyone. My name is Molly and I'm an enrollment specialist with the Data Incubator. We are a fellowship, scholarship, and placement company. We've promised you an excellent info session that will be led by Erica Thompson from RiceSmart. Erica will be reviewing how to create a standout STEM resume to help you land your next data role. Thank you so much. So I'm so glad to join the Data Incubator and present to you the key components on building a standout resume for STEM academics and people in this field. We're going to go through a few of the strategies and just some of the, uh, and I'll demonstrate some of the key components in, in developing a resume that's going to help you to stand out. I always say that the resume, the job search market in general, and even in particular for STEM the STEM field, it's a hostile environment. It's so because when you are submitting yourself for a job, the employer, their first goal is to eliminate people who aren't exactly qualified for the role that they are pursuing. And so that's why I call it, it's kind of a hostile environment. We're going to show you how to overcome some of those aspects that will kind of shine the light on you as a candidate to be eliminated. So we want to help you to put your best foot forward in this whole process. Now, in doing so, you're going to need to make kind of a paradigm shift in your mind. You want to, of course, focus on highlighting all of the aspects of your professional career that will make you an attractive candidate, but you need to do so in a manner that the employer wants to see. So that's the shift you kind of need to make in your mind, not just what you as a candidate want to present, but what do they want to see from you as a candidate? We're going to go through some examples. We'll look at some job descriptions and how to really analyze that to be able to answer that question for yourself. Let's get started. So now, what's the formula for an impactful resume or CV? I know you STEM folks love your formulas, so we're going to kind of use that strategy, use that area to look at the formatting, the content, and the strategy as the components of a formula to make a resume that really stands out in the market. So a few quick tips and challenges that we're going to discuss. Number one, you want to know the task associated with the role, but you're going to avoid the resume being too task-related, too responsibility-focused. So you will review the target role that you are pursuing. You can look at a lot of different job descriptions and identify what are they looking for in a candidate. But in developing your own resume, you don't want to just focus on the tasks that you have completed in your own role or in your academic career. You will want to go further than that 
you'll want to look at specific quantifiable accomplishments that you have achieved. What are the outcomes? What are the results, the innovation? What was your specific contribution? Now, let me give you a real world kind of example of something that is too focused on tasks. In your resume, we're looking for the snapshot, the highlight of your career success. Now, if you were to just tell a story about your day, and let's say your day consisted of just doing your grocery shopping, well, you're not going to start off by making a to-do list of, okay, I made a list of items that I need from my pantry. And I looked at my refrigerator and made a second list of refrigerated items. Then I got the keys to my car. I went into my car, pulled out of the garage. Okay, you see the ridiculousness of going through each item as a to-do list. It's the same for the resume. You simply did the grocery shopping for the day. You don't have to go into all of the detail of the specific tasks associated with a particular role or aspect of your job. And we'll talk more about that. Next, okay, we want to be aware of the difference between your specialized jargon and technical terms. Every field will have these. And of course, it's crucial to demonstrate your industry knowledge, but it's equally important to ensure that your resume remains understandable for laypersons. After all, we are writing a resume for three different audiences at once, all the time. The audience of the hiring manager, who will have more of a domain knowledge, mostly <laughs> in your field, then we're writing for the recruiter who may or may not understand different aspects of the technical responsibilities in your role. And then lastly, we're writing for an applicant tracking software system, the technology. This is something that you have to always have in your mind that you are at once in one document, writing for three different audiences. Okay, now, next, we want to be thinking about how you show how you have impacted the business. Now, even if your career has been in academia, guess what? The educational institution that you have been with is still a business, okay? And so they have tasks, they have goals. And as students and researchers, you're often either the customer or the product, okay? Now, next, we want to make sure that you are highlighting your skill sets beyond just the technology. We in the STEM fields, we again, we have a, a tendency to focus on those technical terms, but there are skill sets that are very much in demand that you want to demonstrate that you have acquired or, you know, in terms of your professional overview. Okay, so an example of that might be a lot of people want to say that they have interpersonal skills or communication skills. That's something that it's a soft skill and it's not actually anything that we want to just include as a keyword or even in a description for your resume. 
why every company is looking for people, of course, with a work ethic. They're looking for people who can communicate and all of the soft skills that go along with being a professional, but to, and you'll see those skills in many, many job descriptions. Rather than just saying, I have communication skills, you'll want to demonstrate them. Rather than saying, I have uh, problem-solving skills, which is analytical and problem-solving skills are something that every professional needs to demonstrate. To do so, you will demonstrate this through challenges that you have overcome and showing the skills rather than just telling someone, I have these skills because they won't believe you. Okay. Now, lastly, and we're going to talk about this too, we want you to get creative with the format. You don't have to have a boring resume. Now, your resume is also going to be a balance between something that's very aesthetically pleasing and what employers want to see. Employers still don't want to see purple paper and pink font. It needs to follow resume best practices and look professional, but you can certainly have a format that doesn't look too technical. Okay. So let's get started. Let's talk about the resume building strategy. I think that if you spend time developing your strategy, understanding what you want to say, how you want to say it, and understanding your audience, if you spend the time here, everything else will flow very quickly and it won't be as challenging. So let's talk about resume strategy. You want to do some research, of course. You want to make sure that you're going to be able to stand out in a very competitive job market. You want to market yourself to a the ideal role and not just a one-size-fits-all type resume. And then lastly, in, in your resume strategy, you're going to use the power of networking to be able to place yourself exactly where you want to be. Let's dive a little bit deeper into the resume strategy. So some of the fundamentals that you want to keep in mind will be to make sure that your resume is ATS friendly. This simply means that there are items within your resume that you can and cannot have. It's not in, in at least in the U.S. market, for example, and that's one of the critical things you need to understand, whatever market you're in, you, it's not a good idea to include a photograph embedded in your resume. You need to understand the rules of an applicant tracking software system and make sure that your resume can be parsed by the system. And that simply means that you don't include embedded items in your resume that can disturb the ATS. The ATS will simply delete content. And so that's one of the reasons why you want to make sure you're not presenting a blank resume by making sure your resume is ATS friendly and that it can be quickly skimmed. You have a lot to say, of course, about yourself, but it again, your resume needs to be a snapshot of the best of your skill sets, your accomplishments, and the, your abilities, okay? So it needs to be able to be quickly skimmed. 
This means you will avoid lengthy paragraphs. You will avoid font that's too small and just content that's too densely packed. You can include a well-rounded summary and a preview of your accomplishments. You want to prioritize your bullets. Now, this is something that you will do on an ongoing basis. You might look at a job description and discover that one of the skill sets that you have is a priority for them. Well, it's a great idea to, if that bullet is number four in your list, bump it up to at least number two so that it can be more quickly skimmed and seen for whoever is reviewing the resume. Your resume is a conversation starter. I want you to understand, again, it's this idea about your resume having bullets and position descriptions that are an overview. You don't have to go into all of the detail to do your grocery shopping. You just need to tell someone you did the grocery shopping. Okay. And you saved $40 maybe. Okay. So your resume will start the conversation, but you don't want to answer every question. You want to leave some mystery because we also need to make sure that their, your resume sparks interest enough to call you. You can highlight the accomplishment without going into all of the intricate details of the how you achieved something. That's what we mean by starting the conversation. It piques my interest as your reader, and now I want to call you and get more information. Okay. Again, you want to make sure your content, the successes in your resume are easy to find, that they're front-loaded in the resume. We'll go through some of this. And then you also want to make sure that your job duties and accomplishments are visually distinguishable. And that's really through your language. Okay. Now, content. Let's talk about the content, and then we'll move into some of the structure of your resume. So we want to look at the content and think about it as having a balanced meal. You don't want to have too much of any one area. So we'll start with an appetizer. And that generally includes in a resume that you would be using for just the general industry that would include a title, a compelling summary, of course, the technical skills and keywords that we discussed. And you want to include that information in an appetizer format right up front to make someone want to dive deeper. The main course, of course, <laughs> is the experience section. It's going to highlight all of the leadership, the successes, and your overall job duties. Then some of the key things to remember here, your writing needs to be concise. It needs to be relevant and clear. You want to make sure that you don't include a whole lot of what is referred to as fluff in the resume. So fluff is simply when you look at a, a sentence and you can consolidate the content without losing any of the meaning. When you can do so, then it typically means that you have some fluff that isn't necessary in inside the sentence. 
Okay. And then, of course, we want to include all of these areas where they are relevant, such as publications, awards, even volunteer experience to a degree, but only if it's relevant towards the career that you are pursuing. All too often, a job seeker may include everything that they've ever done in terms of their the awards that they've achieved. If and if it's not relevant for the role that you're seeking, then it's great information and maybe something that you can include maybe in a LinkedIn where you have more room, but in your resume, think of it as really expensive real estate. And you want to make sure that everything that's in that resume gives you a competitive advantage among people that are similarly qualified for that role. So that's where you make the decision. When you are cutting information from your resume, the litmus test is, does this give me a competitive advantage? Now, still talking about the content, we're going to take a look at some examples title, the summary, the introduction, technical skills, and keywords. So when you're developing a summary for your resume and you always want to, in the broader job market, you want to include a summary that will summarize your the value that you have to offer. You don't want to leave it to someone else to define this. So let's say you have a resume in the broader job market and that you didn't include a summary. Very typically, a recruiter will look at your experience and they will summarize your experience for you to present it to a hiring manager. Well, if they don't, if they're, it's a layperson and they don't have the background to properly be able to highlight the true value you offer, then you're leaving that in the hands of someone unqualified to summarize your value. So you want to have a summary of your career that just explains what you are going to be able to do for the company. Again, this is where you want to know the target audience and the requirements of the job. You will leverage the job description to find out what do they actually want to see. And that's something that you will do again and again, and that is analyze the job description. Okay, here's an example. So this is a job description for a software engineer. And what I did here is I just went through some of the ways I might highlight a job description to discover what is really important to the employer. Okay, so here we see that they want someone who's hands-on, okay, with experience developing scalable data platforms. They're looking for some specific experience in business intelligence, analytics, data science, and data products. And you can read all of the other items here. Now, what you would want to do is analyze the job description, discover what they're focusing on in the job description, and initially, yes, highlight just like I have here. It will be second nature at some point, but initially go ahead and highlight just like this. Then you would kind of pull those items out, 
make a list in your analysis of the job description. And now you're going to be a resume whisperer. You're going to speak to each of these items from your own background to see, do you, if you were you know, this candidate, do you have hands-on platform building experience? Then you would, you know, so we're only going through the analysis process right now. So it doesn't have to be pretty. You're just going to be answering these questions. Okay. What is your experience in business intelligence? What is your experience with having configuration management? You'll Look at all of those high level points that you can tell that the employer will be looking for. And then you'll answer the question from your own background. You want to look at your experience and the accomplishments that satisfy these areas. Okay. And then once you do that, then you want to create a short summary that positions you. Do you have to cover every single thing in your analysis? You need to speak to the high level items that you specifically have success or experience in. If you don't, you're not going to discuss your weaknesses, obviously, in in the resume. So you're just going to speak to what you actually can address. That's why I call it the resume whisper. (laughs) Okay, so here we have just a starter paragraph. I would probably go into much more detail here with another couple of uh, sentences, but you can see how I addressed that job description here by including those keywords and going into even the expertise section, perhaps this candidate didn't have direct work experience, but they have a educational knowledge. So we can include this if it's defensible, we can include it in the experience, expertise or the core competencies section of the resume. Okay, so here's another one. Just another example. I just took a small paragraph from a job description. And we're analyzing the job description to then be able to speak to it, positioning us as the ideal candidate for the job. Again, by speaking to the requirements. So again, this job description, it goes into what the, and you've seen job descriptions, you know, they're going to ask for everything under the sun. It's not necessary to meet 100% of the job requirements, but you want to make sure that you can positively represent success in 75% of what you're seeing. Okay. And then here's the technical section. And then more examples of the job description and the qualifications that this particular job is asking for. And then you're seeing how we're addressing this in this resume. So we have a title. You want the title to match the role that you are pursuing. That can change. That's why I have two here because it can be a role that has a job description that is very similar. You want the reviewer, the person reading your resume to know right up front the role that you are pursuing. And so that's why we recommend a title in the resume. Here, just for marketing purposes, it's always a great idea to have kind of a tagline and we included one here. 
addressing the um, speaking to that job description, we have a paragraph that summarizes the value that Omid has to offer for this role. And then we go into the technical skills. These are the elements that we really want to see in every resume, no matter the format. Okay, now let's talk about keywords. We talked about it a little bit earlier. When it comes to keywords, we really want to see hard skills. Okay, and this is just an example of some of the hard skills that we may typically see from job descriptions that they're looking for. Notice I don't have items here like interpersonal skills or communication skill sets. Again, that's something that when it comes to a soft skill, you want to demonstrate that through your work. So just giving you an idea, again, with keywords, you don't want to make up your own keywords. There are, as we talked about earlier, there's specialized jargon and technical terms within every career field. But when we're including keywords, we want to make sure they are the words that a recruiter or an HR professional would use from a, a common sense perspective. If someone is looking for your background and you know that the skill set is going to be business intelligence, you don't want to make up an entirely new phrase to represent that. You want to use business intelligence because when a recruiter is looking for your background, they're looking for you as a candidate or someone with your skill sets, they're going to use a Boolean search string. And so that's why it's really important to use the common phrases for different expertise. And this is just another example of even just a more condensed just a, a single sentence that represents her value that she has to bring and then some core competencies. And here she also included the technical skills. So there are options when it comes to the styling and you can still have a very compelling resume that is condensed. Okay. Professional experience, again, this is really the core of the resume. It's your experience. You want to go beyond just your day-to-day -day responsibilities. You want to make sure that you are including the highlights, but the quantifiable accomplishments. Okay, this is where you're going to show off. <laughs> now, when you are writing accomplishments, here's a methodology that is a common throughout professional resume writing. It's called the SAR. It's the acronym for Situation Action Results. If you find it difficult to think about the distinct accomplishments and the value that you have offered either in your career or in research or various projects, think about, okay, what was the, the situation? What challenge were you presented with? How did you overcome it? And what were the tangible results? Now, this is where we get to what is the actual benefit. Okay, and so here I'm just giving you some examples of a candidate that has provided a situation, the action that she implemented, and then what were the results. I'm going to go through these quickly because I know we're getting close to time. Here's another one for a technical project manager. 
And you can see very pleased with the results here as they have included some quantifiable accomplishments that we can then turn into very powerful bullets. Same an IT manager looking at the challenges that they're faced with. What did you do? How did you overcome? And then what was the business result? Sometimes as for a result, you can look at not just what was achieved, but what was avoided. That can be just as important. Here's another one. Okay. Now, and then here's an example of just how we integrated those accomplishments or how we might integrate those accomplishments into the body of the professional experience in each of the roles. Okay, lastly, formatting. Now, again, your resume style can have some qualities that are aesthetically pleasing. Use color, use shading. There are things that you can use to help your resume to stand out while looking very professional and highlighting the value that you have. This resume is for someone, this particular sample, someone at a higher level, a senior director for IT. We could have even more artistic license with this resume. Here's another one. Here we wanted to provide an, a stronger overview in the summary section and then really focus on the quantifiable accomplishments here. This is another very senior level resume. Here's one that is a individual contributor. Now we want to just um, talk to you a little bit about the professional resume process when you work with RiceMart through the Data Incubator's resume service. The first week you will submit your resume questionnaire that we offer where you can go through that SAR experience. I feel like for anyone that that alone is a deliverable that you can use throughout the rest of your career because now you know how to extract those quantifiable accomplishments and then position them in a way that will be attractive for an employer. Then the second week, you'll submit that questionnaire. The writer will review your responses and have a call with you and get started on your resume. And then on week two, they'll send you a draft of the resume. And week three, you will execute whatever revisions that you want to see and finalize your resume and submit it to TDI to be included in their portfolio of candidates for their hiring partners. And that ends my presentation. And I believe now, Molly. Unlock the full potential of your organization's data with business-driven data analysis. In this Pragmatic Institute course, you'll learn how to communicate better with stakeholders, provide concrete results based on the data available, and support business strategy. Find out more at pragmaticinstitute.com slash data. Yes, so now we will do the Q&A portion of this webinar. Uh, looks like we do have one question in the Q&A box right now. If you have a variety of skills from previous work, should you admit, omit skills from a resume that aren't applicable to a new role? An example they give is if they have experience working with hardware, is it necessary since it's not necessarily relevant to data science? So 
it again, you're going to look at each specific situation. It could be relevant. It might give you a competitive advantage if you know that it, it's something that a employer, when you analyze the job description, that you can see, oh, you know, this might be something that would be interesting to them or if it would give you a leg up over others. So you'll have to always evaluate that on a case-by-case basis. I do see another one. So does my resume have to be one side of one page? Also, I didn't see an employment history in your examples. Is that intentional? So you have to tell a career story. And through the data incubator, it is a single page resume. There are times when a multi-page resume is appropriate, but if it's more than two pages, you're going to get some diminishing returns because your hiring manager is stressed for time. So now you said, what was the other part about the employment history? Um, It just says that in the examples, it didn't look like there was any employment history and they were wondering if that was intentional. So I believe that you are talking about the professional experience. That is the employment history where we, in a reverse chronological manner, we describe the career history and by itemizing the overall job responsibilities and focusing on the quantifiable accomplishments. If that's not what you mean, please clarify. The next question I can answer, will these slides be available to us? Yes, we will be providing a recording of this presentation about 72 business hours after we conclude. All registered attendees will receive that via email. Another question we have is, what if your experience is different from the job that you're applying for? So you can still review the your experience for the transferable skill sets that would still make you a ideal candidate or a candidate that is attractive for an employer. People change careers all the time. And it's really just a matter of demonstrating that, hey, I can do this. And here's why. I have skills that aren't, while they aren't directly applicable to or an example of this, here's something that I've done that is so close that it I know I can do this. That's what you're basically saying in the resume. And so it's still that positioning that you'll be doing. And another question we have is, what should we do if there's a gap in their employment history? So you want to, there was a time where people went through all types of shenanigans to hide a gap. Don't hide it. You can address it. Let's say that you took two years off for academics, for taking care of your family, or merely taking a sabbatical. Now you still want to keep it professional. Don't say that you took two years off to game or something like that. Use language that will still, like I said, be more professional. Use the sabbatical if you have to. (laughs) And then another question we have is, do you need to put years in professional job history? Yes, we want you to put years in your professional job history through the most recent 10 to 15 years. Beyond that, you can summarize, you can abbreviate that experience without including the years. And just the purpose for that is whenever you're going through the actual interview, you will find that you will spend 60 minutes to 90 minutes on that 15-year time span at the most. Beyond that, the 
interview itself becomes laborious, okay? So it's going to have diminishing returns beyond that 90-minute mark quite often. And then also, it's a matter of age discrimination too. So across the board, no matter how much experience you have, we want to detail only the most 10 to 15 most recent years. And then another question we have is, how about accomplishments that are qualitative and not quantitative? For example, I re-architected software systems for cloud architecture. That's important. Can you go deeper? Can you look at, okay, you did this for what purpose? What was the tangible outcome in whatever it is that you have done? It's a mixture. Our goal is certainly quantifiable and also showing the business value. So if you can show the business value in a qualitative manner, because you don't always have access to the numbers, that's fine too. We do have one question in the chat that I'd like to read out loud. It's uh, how can we address the gap for taking care of family or baby professionally? I missed the last part. How can you address the gap for taking care of family or... A baby. A ba- okay, just you can... S- So where you would normally have a company and the year and the title, you can just write something to the effect of personal family care. You are showing that you understand that the gap is here and you're not trying to hide anything. So just in a very succinct fashion, you know, three words (laughs) and you don't have to go into detail, no matter what that gap is. It could be traveling. Okay. Uh, Okay, so one question is asking, should we mention international experience? Absolutely. Now, your international experience is going to be a competitive advantage for you. So absolutely, you want to include that in your resume with the location, and it will just demonstrate, you know, that you have more cultural experience and multi-continent experience. It's always an advantage. It uh, looks like we have another question about gap. And a reminder, we did go over this question. If you were, have a gap for traveling or taking care of family, it suffices to include it on there, Just but you can just say family care or something like that. But yes, so we have gone over that one. So any other questions? I have one more that ended up in the chat. Okay. If you do transition from one career to another, for example, tech support to data engineer, how do we put it to the advantage or should we not talk about that experiences that may not be relevant? So it's still going to be, no matter the previous industry, you need to analyze your skill sets, analyze the skill sets of where you want to go, that target, and look at the gap in between. So you, if you're joining, enrolling in the data incubator program, you're addressing the gap. Right now, looking at your skill sets, it's again, what's transferable and you it really is an analysis process. That's why it's really great to work with a resume writer, because we really want to dive deep and to see, Okay, you're looking at both your experience and the target. There will most likely be some overlap in a transferable skill that can make you an attractive candidate. Great. Well, thank you so much, Erica. It looks like that is all the time we have for today. If anyone has any additional questions that were not answered, feel free to send us an email to admissions at the dataincubator.com. And we hope that you all enjoy this webinar and it was lovely to have you all here. And thank you again, Erica. Thank you. Thank you.